0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, pump up the January Jam, a huge and needed night for BYU basketball. What was the best thing you witnessed?
1: Following a career-high 34 from T.J. Haas, he'll join us live after the big win and preview the matchup with San Francisco.
0: Plus, senior Jasmine Moody of BYU women's hoops live after the Cougars upset 13th ranked Gonzaga and Sione Takitake's current draft stock. Let's go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, January 18th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us to help start your weekend the right way. I'm Spencer Linton alongside a man who just returned from the Spider-Verse, Jerem Jordan.
1: Did you go see it or something? I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, I love that movie. Yeah. You've seen it twice, right? Once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic.
0: Okay. (laughs) Here's today's show lineup. Coming off a huge win over Gonzaga. Jasmine Moody of BYU women's basketball joins us in 15 minutes to tell us What's made the difference for this BYU basketball team during their current nine-game win streak? Hey, did you see T.J. Haas last night? Career-high 34 points and a win at Pepperdine. He joins the show in a half an hour to discuss what made the difference for the men's side last night. And Sione Takitaki apparently is moving his way up draft boards after making some noise in the East-West Shrine Game practices is it good enough to guarantee him a draft spot? Dalton Miller from Blue Chip Scouting will join us and give us his take in roughly 40 minutes. This is how we do your Friday BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU women's hoops with an upset win over 13th-ranked Gonzaga, 70-68 to 68 at the Marriott Center last night. This is how the final play went. Chandler Smith to inbound goes to Laura Stockton with 10 seconds Stockton guarded by Chase looking for Zykira Rice Rice back to Stockton with four three-pointer up no good rebound Leanne Word at the buzzer no good BYU wins huge win for the ladies Shaylee Gonzalez led the Cougars in scoring was 17 Brenna Chase had 14 Paisley Johnson put up 12 the Cougs have won nine straight overall The only unbeaten team in West Coast Conference play at 7-0 and host Portland this Saturday at 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain, live on BYU TV.
1: BYU men's basketball beat Pepperdine 87-76, led by a career-high 34 points from T.J. Haas, along with eight assists and seven rebounds. I think his best game as a Cougar ever. Gavin Baxter scored 13 as well off the bench, including multiple alley-oop dunks like this one. At the far sideline, calls for the screen. The pick and pop as yep. TJ lobs it up for Gavin Baxter, who throws it down. Same Alleyou, play. 76-70, BYU by a half dozen. Th- awesome. Three blocks, also three of three from the free throw line. Tomorrow the Cougars play a quad one game at San Francisco on BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage, 10 Eastern time.
0: Gavin Baxter didn't miss a shot. Whether from the field or from the free throw line.
1: I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. The
0: AFC and NFC championships in the National Football League are a goal for this weekend and will feature four former Cougars. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints face the LA Rams in the NFC championship. Kickoff at 3.05 Eastern on Sunday. Later, Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots will visit Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title bout. Also on Sunday, that game kicks at 6.40 p.m. Eastern. It's
1: the only Taki Taki will play in the 94th East-West Shrine Game Saturday at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida at 3 Eastern on the NFL Network.
0: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
2: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU men's basketball picks up. Their second road win of the season. Both of those have come in West Coast Conference play at Pacific and now at Pepperdine. Now, rewind to a few weeks ago following BYU's big loss at St. Mary's. The Cougars in an obvious funk, and you're thinking, okay, what are our expectations now? If BYU were to play Pepperdine immediately following St. Mary's, you may be thinking, hmm, they might lose that game. Jerem, now two weeks later, what was the difference for BYU in last night's win in Malibu?
1: Wednesday, I said, uh, without Josh at the third-landing score, that Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas would need to make up for that slack. Yoli Childs had a really good second half, but T.J. Haas single-handedly made up for more than Josh Shearhard 11 points. T.J. Haas had, he had average 17 a game coming in. He had 17 more 34 points. T.J. Haas was the man, and he took advantage of, what was it, like 53 fouls called, 22 free throw attempts. Are you kidding me? Incredible. Gavin Baxter was also fantastic. Breakout game for him. This is a guy at Tim few 6-9, really long. Not a shooter per se, but a really good uh, defender Really good cleanup uh, and transition guy. We saw the two alley-oop dunks. I thought this was his uh, his breakout performance. Clearly. And this was a really big win for BYU on the road in a place where BYU hadn't won in regulation since 2013.
0: Isn't it funny how a couple of weeks can change everything? When T.J. Haas has the ball in his hands as the primary distributor and the point guard, he's had to figure out how to do some things differently. Sometimes he goes for 34 points, a career high like last night. Other games, he scores six points but delivers a bunch of assists and is able to let his teammates do the majority of the scoring. He's in a better place than we have ever seen him as a BYU basketball player. T.J. Haas has been the difference for BYU in their current three-game win streak. He's playing on another level. Now, what changes if and when Jasheer Hardnett comes back, I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking the ball out of T.J. Haas' hands. Because I want him to be the primary distributor because this has opened up things for BYU. And we're learning that some things are starting to click, specifically for Gavin Baxter. Dave Rowe said after the game to Greg Rubel on the radio broadcast, the, flip, the, the switch is flipped. It, it goes on at different times for different guys. Gavin's been playing with a lot more confidence in practice. And he's like, it's just about getting those guys to have it translate over into the games and helping them experience those good moments. Gavin had that moment last night. What does that mean for the future? I don't know. But at least the coaches can say, remember how the Pepperdine game went? Remember the attack you were on? Remember what you did in that game? They have something to build off of in a game of experience. And so the difference for me, T.J. Haas is the ball distributor, and then other guys like Gavin Baxter starting to figure some things out.
1: It's good to play Portland, Santa Clara, and Pepperdine. Now BYU is going to play San Francisco, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga. So the test will certainly be harder. Hey,
0: the two road wins, though.
1: Awesome. I'll take them. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying it's going to be harder now. And BYU's done this 3-3-3 thing, right? Win three, lose three, win three. Hopefully they don't lose three. Let's, let's keep it up. Now that BYU has a win against Pepperdine, its sights are set on a uh, big matchup with San Francisco tomorrow night. Let's play a little What's the Chance? Spencer, what's the chance BYU sweeps the road trip and wins tomorrow at S- San Francisco?
0: I'm going to give BYU a 35% chance of winning on the hilltop at San Francisco. One, they've never lost there. Talking to the players, they like the way the gym is laid out. They feel comfortable shooting there. I don't know how much that will translate against San Francisco's much-improved team this year and their hard-nosed defense, but I like that BYU is going in with a lot of confidence. Had BYU lost to Pepperdine last night, I'd say they'd had like a 15% chance of winning at San Francisco. BYU's 4-1. and one. There are two teams in the West Coast Conference with four wins. They are Gonzaga and BYU. The Dons escaped Pacific last night on the road by one. That's
1: what Pacific does.
0: BYU won a close game as well at Pacific. The Dons beat Pepperdine in Malibu by three. I think BYU and San Francisco match up well. BYU matches up better with San Francisco than they do with a lot of other teams in the West Coast Conference based on the way that San Francisco plays and the way that Kyle Smith coaches that team. So... I actually think BYU has a decent shot to go up there and get win number 5 because of matchups.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if Gavin Baxter can and can play well off the bench that he's a guy that can uh, line up with McCarthy and Minland and some of these guys that have some length and that's been the difference for UCF in my opinion. UCF's 15 and 3, 9 and 1 at home, okay. Only two of those 10 at home were top 100 teams. Gonzaga loss, St. Mary's 4-point win. Ken Pomps has 24% 8-point loss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. I'm around 35%. I think BYU's got a decent shot, you know, one in three. BYU can defend, play well like they did last night. San Francisco's certainly better than Pepperdine. But this is a place where BYU has won all seven as a league member. BYU has lost at San Francisco, but it was before BYU was in the league. Now BYU has had success here. This is a place where BYU's played well, BYU's playing well. I, I like BYU's chances. I don't like them to be a favorite in this, but I like the one in three chance that you put up.
0: The mental aspect of knowing that you have dominated in uh, another team's gym and that you like the way that it feels and you feel good as a shooter carries some serious weight, especially for a team like BYU who puts up a lot of three-pointers. And with T.J. Haas playing well and now some guys starting to figure some things out. But I think most importantly, the matchups. The way that San Francisco plays – is easier for BYU to defend than some of the other teams that we have seen them play against, like Nevada and Mississippi State and teams in the West Coast Conference, for that matter. So I I like BYU's chances, and matchups are severely underrated sometimes. You can can be a really good team, but if the matchup is bad, then throw out the odds. It's just going to be a weird close game. What's the chance, by the way? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Jeremy and I both think right around 35% chance BYU sweeps the road trip. Last night, the BYU women picked up their biggest win in recent memory, knocking off 13th ranked Gonzaga, who was on a 12 game win streak. Their only loss was to the number one ranked team in America, Notre Dame, and it was competitive. They had a win over number eight Stanford and came in with a ton of confidence into the Marriott Center, took a 12 point lead. Yet BYU fought back and won the game seventy to sixty eight. With that backdrop, Jerem, last night's BYU win over thirteenth ranked Gonzaga was the biggest win in the Marriott Center specifically since
1: when? The, the devotional on Tuesday that was a win. Okay, that was a big okay. win with uh, Elder Uchtdorf. Uh, I say the the greatest game played in the Marriott Center, which is number nine BYU versus. Number four, San Diego. Wow, Saints. you're throwing it way up there. BYU hasn't defeated in men or women's a team that highly ranked since then. 13th, Gonzaga last night, so it was big. BYU has defeated St. Mary's and Gonzaga, who were ranked in the 20s, a few times. You know, in 2012 and 14, and even 16. Uh, To me, this was a really big win for the ladies. Awesome. Uh, We pubbed it as you know the game of the century with two undefeated West Coast Conference teams. Certainly, context will get a little heavier as you get deeper into the season. But for this BYU team, who a few weeks ago lost to Southern Utah, and then goes on this nine-game win streak, uh, with the zenith being this win over Gonzaga, put their foot down, leads the league, going to get some votes if they're not ranked. They're in a bracket. This team's playing really well. That was a really, really big win. And, and despite turning the ball over and missing a free throw late, BYU survived, played good defense down the stretch.
0: BYU's lost three games this season, 15-3, and three, at home to a pretty good Cal team at Utah, who was playing really good basketball on a projected seven seed in the NCAA tournament, and then the head scratcher to Southern Utah. But now they have wins over TCU and 13th-ranked Gonzaga. They're not going to just be one of the last four teams in in ESPN's women's college basketball bracketology For now, they have solidified their spot as an at-large in the NCAA tournament. I know a long way to go, but this is a good place to be in. They're the only team in conference without a loss. And, Jerem, this is the biggest win for BYU women's basketball since they last beat Gonzaga when Gonzaga was ranked four seasons ago coming into the Marriott Center, speaking specifically of the women's side. But as far as any game, I'm going to go to that. Men's game in 2014 when BYU knocked off number 22, Gonzaga, 73-65. And that was super late in the season, and that helped BYU get into the NCAA tournament. I
1: remember those days fondly. Oh, absolutely. I miss that. I wish we were talking about the men like the women right now. The run they're on, uh, in a bracket, like, that's all great stuff. The men are getting better, though. That's the good news.
0: The women are going to flirt with the rankings this week as well. They didn't get any votes, according to the AP.
1: It's hard to get no votes to all the way in. So, well, but is knocking it's off number thirteen stuff. and winning nine in a row
0: enough to get them in at maybe twenty-five? We'll see.
1: It's hard to go from unranked to all the way in. Like, yeah. no, no, no. I'm saying zero votes. Oh, I know. So being ranked in the top twenty-five, just it's cool. Being it's about in the, tournament. the bracket. It's about is the what tournament. Matters. Yes. Yeah.
0: Our question of the day: Who was the most impressive BYU hoopster last night? You can go anywhere you want with that, men or women. Tell us why. Hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the Voice of the
0: Nation on BYU Sports Nation. The Fongolian answers on Instagram. As much as I want to say Shaylee Gonzalez for leading a big home win against a ranked team, T.J. Haas drawing 22 free throws against an up-and-coming Pepperdine team on the road was huge. Can I also give a shout-out to McKay Cannon for ultimately not giving in to Colby Ross's pestering?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I I go with T.J. Haas. He scored 332 points according to ESPN's headline. Yeah, we got that that? screenshot and
0: sent to us by a few people today on social media. We all make
1: mistakes, but that's a big one. Haas scores 332 and a big win. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was that good. Wow. Uh, TJ Haas coming up. Put up 34 last night. He'll join us to discuss the win and preview the matchup with the Dons.
0: And next, what does it feel like to beat a ranked team on your home floor? BYU did it, oh, I don't know, like 14 hours ago. Jasmine Moody will tell us the details of that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. You can watch the show whenever you want. It's easy, BYUSN.com. Our question of the day. Who was the most impressive BYU hoopster last night and why? Troy Beagley answers on Facebook. Definitely Shaylee Gonzalez. Lights out last night when the ladies beat the number 13 team in the country. I've never heard a prouder crowd. It was magical. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's just
1: powder crowd written, though, so I'm wondering what a powder crowd is.
0: It's either prouder or louder.
1: A powder crowd, a, yeah. a proud, loud crown. We just made up a new word. I Hashtag
0: guess. typo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, our AAA MVP of the game last night was none other than our first guest today, BYU women's basketball senior forward Jasmine Moody in Studio B following a career-high 10 rebounds. Made some huge plays for the ladies late in the game. Jasmine, welcome back. Explain you. what your life has been like the last twenty four hours.
3: Um, it's been a roller coaster. Honestly, it's been so exciting. Like I can't even tell you how real, like surreal it was just to like have the feeling of beating number thirteen Gonzaga. Like our team was so pumped. Like so 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 pumped. Like it was honestly so exciting. Like I still like I'm still taking it in now. <laughs>
1: It, it, it's been awesome to see how this team's played, and then you really punctuated it with this win. What was the most validating thing about beating Gonzaga?
3: Just knowing that, like, we're capable of beating, like, top 25 teams. Like, having that and knowing that, like, we're a good team. Like, we may be young, but, like, the thing about being a young team is you're able, like, to mold the players. You know what I mean? Like, we listen to Jetty, we stick together, and because of that, like, we're able to beat really really good teams
0: you're one of only two seniors on the team um what's that like knowing that the majority of your team is still relatively very young
3: honestly it's it can be kind of difficult at times because with the younger group of girls you know they don't really understand all the time so being a senior like it's really important with me uh, along with brenna and chalet to kind of like help the girls to like um Tell them like, what Juddie wants, if you know what I mean.
1: And the other senior is Caitlin Aldridge, who was the West Coast Conference softball player of the year a couple of years ago. She uh, you know has eligibility. She's playing basketball. So you're essentially the one senior that's been there and done that. So how has this group kind of turned a corner? Because we talked about you guys lost at Southern Utah, and we were like, whoa, what happened? You've, you've won nine in a row, and you guys are playing really good basketball. Kind of what changed with this team?
3: I think that uh, that loss really made us – think about what we needed to do and like the next day at practice we Judy was like you have a decision to make like you can either crumble and fall or you guys can stick together and battle and play hard and i think that's what we did we're like we know we're a better team so let's go out there and prove it
0: well you proved something last night being down 12 early it was to and then 24-12. to What changed specific to last night's win against Gonzaga to allow this team to get back in it at home and bring the crowd back into it and ultimately win?
3: Well, I think, well, before going into the game, our coach Ashley Garfield was like, we know that this game is going to be a game of runs. Like, they're going to go and then you guys are going to go. So you guys just need to, like, chip away the whole time. Like, don't give up. And I think that's what our team did really well. Like we're, I think we do really well with sticking together and not, like, overwhelming ourselves and just staying calm and relaxed and just chipping away slowly at the lead.
1: So. It's it's a big stage with Gonzaga. You're used to playing on TV, but then you had a really nice crowd there last night. What influence did they have?
3: I love that we have a nice crowd. Like, we did, I think, our social media group and even our team such, did such a great job with trying to promote this game because with the crowd, like, it just helps because, like, all of us just feel the energy throughout our bodies, and it's just fun. So
0: Certainly. <laughs> What was the most memorable moment during last night's victory?
3: The most memorable moment, I think, at the end when it was like the last second, and the, one of the twins had gotten the rebound and she put it back up, but she missed because all of us were just like holding our breaths, like please don't go in, please don't go in, and then it didn't go in, and then we just ran out, and I think that was my favorite moment. Yeah, and you
0: had your hands full with uh, the Worth twins, Leanne and Jen, who are both six three, uh, major recruits out of Chandler, Arizona. But you did it. You see that shot it. fall off, and then I think Paisley Johnson's the first to hit the floor, and <laughs>
1: she's rolling around. And... Yeah, that girl <laughs> is great, full of energy. Great photo of her just by herself on the ground like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. It was great. great. Um, d- describe the play of those three guards in the back. Row. We, we've talked about how awesome you know, Shaylee, Brenna, and Paisley have been, and there's a freshman, a sophomore. Is Brenna a junior? Junior. Junior. So all three of those coming back next year, what role have they played in the success of this team?
3: They're a huge impact to this team. Obviously, like they contribute so much, but I also think that they're really good leaders on the court too. Like they get things going. They pass it to the bigs when they can. They're great defenders. So honestly, like they're they're huge for our team. Like I love having them as guards. Honestly.
0: So Juddie knows most of the time what he's going to get from his guard line, but he is very quick to point out when my bigs play well. We are really tough to beat. And I'm sure he reminds you of this often. All the time. As he reminds us of this often. (laughs) What did last night do for you individually and your confidence?
3: Honestly, it boosted it a lot because I knew going into the game, Juddy's like, The Gonzaga bigs are probably the best bigs in this league, so you guys need to have the best game of your life defensively playing these bigs. So I think that's what us bigs really focused on coming together, and so I took that, and I was like, I need to play really, really good defense to be able to stop them, and I think I did a good job because I think Rice started getting frustrated towards the end, so... I think we were successful. (laughs)
1: Yeah, to frustrate an opponent's a good sign, right? You're seeing seeing the negativity come out. You had 10 rebounds as well, which is a career high. Um, When did you realize this is a good rebounding night?
3: I honestly didn't know until after the game when um, the announcer was like, you had 10 rebounds, and I was like, Oh, I didn't even know, that. Like, I was just doing my job, so (laughs) that was really fun. It's good
1: to get lost in the volume, right? Yeah, the quality (laughs) and quality. I've got
0: so many, I don't
1: even know. I have no (laughs) idea. Did I have 20 points? You had six. Oh, well, I have the 10 rebounds.
0: (laughs) Now, you and Sarah Hampson uh, formed uh, just a a wall of defense in the fourth quarter. Shalay Sam and also helping out with that, and uh, Babalu Ugu had a role in that as well. Well, I want to talk about Sarah, though, because she seems to have found – a little bit of a groove now and it's taken a while for her to kind of get comfortable in there what what's changed for sarah the the 67 rim protector
3: i think um her injury kind of set her back a little bit because she might have been just a little bit nervous to play on it and she hadn't played in, played in a while but I think like with every game, we've all seen that she's starting to like, get her groove back and get back into it. And then with all of us supporting her and encouraging her, I think that's also boosting her confidence as well. So I'm honestly so proud of Sarah. And I'm loving that she's continuing to improve as we go along because we really do need her. She's a huge impact.
0: When she's game. smiling on the floor... Things are really good for BYU. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. When a
1: Hampson smiles, you know it's on. <laughs> you know I mean? It's great. Love it. Um, g- give us a little bit of your backstory. You're born in Japan. You're from Honolulu. How did you end up at BYU?
3: So my dad was in the military for 28 years. So I was born in Japan, and then we moved to Washington State, and then we moved to Georgia, and then Hawaii. Whoa. Yes, I've lived a lot of different places, and I never really was, like, at one school for a long time, but my dad was able to let me graduate in Hawaii because we were supposed to move again, and I think that allowed me to um, be stable and join some club teams, and I was able to come to the main, mainland to the, you know, the no, mainland. No, no, we get it. <laughs> and um, play, and Coach Melinda actually was the first person to see me, and she was like, whoa, like... I think we need to like watch this girl. Like there's something special about her. So I think that's what started it all for awesome. me. Awesome.
0: So did you know much about BYU before Melinda Bendel approached you?
3: Honestly, I didn't. But my mom was like, Jasmine, BYU is an incredible school. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
0: awesome. <laughs> Very cool stuff. Uh, okay, well, before you go, um, one, we want to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the game against Portland tomorrow. Um, and I know that it's like an emotional high, but <laughs> we want to give you the karma so the emotions stay high. And we also would like you to sign our Sailor Koog flag if uh, you wouldn't mind giving us your autograph.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: All right, Jasmine
1: Moody on the mainland signing yeah. our Sailor Koog flag. for Eastern tomorrow, BYU in Portland on BYU TV. Check it out. Coming up, in one picks, did I take the lead?
0: Could you take the lead last night? I guess technically you could have, right? And let's get back to TJ Haas, who will join us next. What kind of confidence does a win like last night for BYU's men's basketball team give to them before they head to San Francisco? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU women's basketball leading us off in the headlines as the Cougars upset 13th-ranked Gonzaga 70-68 to at the Marriott Center last night, ending the Zags' 12-game win streak. Shaylee Gonzalez led the Cougars in scoring with 17. Junior guard Brenna Chase added 14. Reigning West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Paisley Johnson, put up 12. The Cougars have won nine straight overall. Now they're the only unbeaten team left in WCC play at 7-0. So much good news. And they host Portland tomorrow live on BYU TV at 4 p.m. Eastern.
1: Mentos beats Pepperdine 87-76, led by a career-high 34 points from T.J. Haas, along with eight assists and seven rebounds. Tomorrow the Cougars play at San Francisco. BYU Radio pregame coverage, 10 Eastern time.
0: The AFC and NFC championships in the NFL are a go for this weekend and will feature four former Cougars, Taysom Hill, position, football. And the New Orleans Saints face the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game in the Superdome, kickoff at 3.05 p.m. Eastern. Later, Kyle Noy and the New England Patriots will visit Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium in the AFC title bout. Also on Sunday, that game kicks at 6.40 p.m. Eastern.
1: Tony Taki will play in the 94th East-West Shrine game on Saturday at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida at 3 Eastern on NFL Network.
0: The BYU Cougars winning men and women last night. Our social media question, who was the most impressive BYU hoopster last night and why? At Tillman T. Turkey answers on Twitter. Or Tillman T. Turley. I'm sorry, Tillman. I just called you a turkey. turkey. Wow. Haas was key in (laughs) whooping the snarky waves. The waves little trash-talking guard, Colby Ross, wasn't talking near the trash at the end of the game.
1: The trash he was talking was, I have an ocean view on campus, and it's like, you do. You win that. You win that. If you love beautiful mountains, then uh, hey, Provo's your spot. Yeah, no
0: no questions asked there for sure.
1: Yeah, the the campus definitely better than the athletic department at Pepperdine. (sighs)
0: Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, is. Facebook, and Instagram. No
1: one's arguing that. Pepperdine won't even argue that.
0: Oh, no, no. Question. no I lo- question. I
1: loved that BYU, despite struggles on the road, despite kind of they hadn't won in regulation, you know, in like five, six years, that this team came in with confidence. Pepperdine made a run at the beginning of the start of the second half. Pepperdine took the lead back and you thought, okay, is this one of those situations where you're always not shooting? Listen, BYU shot 60% in this game. T.J. Haas got to the line 22 times. Crazy! This was an incredible performance from BYU. Yoli Childs had a really strong second half. Zach Selyus, nine points in the first half off the bench. Gavin Baxter was fantastic. Still waiting for Nick Emery to be Nick Emery again. But it was good to see Gavin Baxter, a four-star guy, be a four-star guy uh, in this game. I don't expect him to play like that every game. But you see where he could go. Because he wasn't getting the ball... You know, in an offensive set and, and, and laying it up, he's getting offensive rebounds. He's getting out in transition. He's alley-oop dunking, and that was sweet to see. I know our friend at Post Jimmer has been pushing to get alley-oop dunks on the baseline with Gavin Baxter, and he got two. T.J. Haas,
0: the man who was teeing him up for those dunks, will join us in just a few minutes. And for Gavin specifically, he has slowed down. He was so sped up yeah. on the floor just for so down. many games. Yep. He's playing with a more comfortable pace. Like, really good. Hey, and speaking of T.J. Haas, he joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline following BYU's big win in Malibu against Pepperdine. T.J., welcome to the show. Career high, 34 points, 8 assists. How tired are you uh, right now? (laughs) I'm doing
4: all right. I'm doing all right.
0: Despite shooting uh, 22 free throws, at what point were you like, man, I've been on the free throw line a lot?
4: (laughs) No, I, I I could feel it. They were they were being very aggressive all night. And so uh, I was trying to take advantage of it as best as I could.
1: Do you get a sense in certain games how it's officiated or not? Because there's been fifty plus foul calls. You know, at Pacific, that's what they do. Pepperdine shoots a lot. Did you did you try and take advantage of that on purpose, or did that just happen naturally?
4: Uh, you know, they were. We knew they were going to come out and be aggressive. Um, you know, I thought they were a little more aggressive than I expected. You know, they were. Nine the ball uh, out way past the three point line. Um, so, you know, I, I just tried to take advantage of that. And they, they were calling fouls early. And so I tried to continue to be aggressive.
0: Hey, 18 for 22. BYU will take that all day, every day. In fact, uh, those 22 attempts lead us to our stat of the day.
2: The BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day:
0: TJ, your 22 free throw attempts were the most since Jimmer Fredette's 25 against TCU in 2010. Is this part of the specific game plan, or was this just something how the game evolved? Like, what is this a purposeful thing on your part to get to the free throw line more?
4: Uh, you know, I, like I said, I really, I was just trying to be as aggressive as I could. Um, and they were, they were being really aggressive on defense. And so I was just trying to take advantage of that. And you I happened to get the line, you know, a few times.
1: (laughs) This was a nice win. This has been a place that's been hard to win. Um, it's been hard to win on the road this year. So what did that win mean to you and the team?
4: You know, that's huge for the team. I thought last night we had guys that you know, everyone contributed last night, and I feel like that gives us a lot of confidence moving forward and a lot of momentum. Um, so we're feeling good, and we're excited about this weekend, and hopefully we can go get another one.
0: This feels like an entirely different BYU team mentally compared to just a few weeks ago. Why has it changed so much in winning four of the first five conference games?
4: Yeah, we're growing. We're getting better. Um, I feel like we're we're playing really well in practice. Uh, we're working hard. Um, I feel like our mentality is is getting a lot better. Um, you know, I feel like we're we're getting tougher on defense, and our mentality going into games is is a lot better.
1: Let's talk about you and Gavin Baxter and that connection with a couple of alley oops. Um, did those naturally happen, or was that something that you had practiced and/or called?
4: <laughs> no, those naturally happened. Um, it's it's super fun. To have a guy like that to be able to, you know, really just throw it anywhere around the basket and he'll go get it. <laughs> um, yeah, and his his defender stepped up a few times and he made he made some nice cuts and and those are easy passes when he goes and, and dunks them like that.
1: You and Yoli have certainly carried the offensive load. Uh, you know, combining for you know forty plus points per game, and you doubled your your average last night. What did uh, what did it mean to you and the team to have Zach Celius, uh, you know, step up and Gavin Baxter, kind of his coming out party last night?
4: Yeah, you know, like I said, uh, we had a lot of guys that contributed last night, and and really, if you want to win big games and win on the road, you have to have that. You know, everyone has to everyone has to bring it, and everyone has to you know do their part. And you know, I thought we did a great job of that last night. And you know, it's fun to see Zach do that, and it's fun to see Gab do that. Those guys deserve that.
0: T.J. Haas and BYU basketball on the road. They take on San Francisco tomorrow on the hilltop. When you look at what you have done as the primary point guard uh, with Joshir Hardnett out and injured, how have things changed for you the most?
4: Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, the ball's in my hands a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to stay aggressive and, and play my game. But, you know, also let the game come to me. I'm not trying to, you know, be overly aggressive.
1: There was a play that stuck out to me where um, I'm trying to remember when it was. Uh, let's see, it was second half. You handed the ball to McKay and then you ran, ran around two screens, got into the corner for an open three and nailed it. And then I think you kind of looked back at maybe some fans that had been saying something. Describe that, <laughs> describe that play and what you remember from it.
4: game uh, off a few screens and, you know, had a great look. And one of the fans just—he just said, "It's, it's going off." <laughs> so I—I I mean, I just turned around and gave him a smirk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it, and and that's part of what Quincy Lewis is doing. You're the, you're the point guard primarily without Joshier uh in the game. Yet uh, Quincy's calling plays for you. I I feel like Quincy's doing a really good job of setting you guys up well on offense. How do you feel about it?
4: Yeah, I feel like he's he's done a great job of that. You know, my whole career, uh, he really. He puts guys in in positions to be successful, and um, that guy really studies the game. He knows the game, and he knows he knows everyone's game on our team, and he knows you know positions where they can make shots and be successful. And he does a great job of play calling and understanding you know the flow of the game and things like that.
0: Coach Rose mentioned uh, in the post game last night, and even pregame for that matter, that one of the significant challenges of going on the road sometimes in these West Coast Conference gyms is when fans don't show up and there's not a lot of natural energy with the crowd you kind of have to manufacture that and I heard there were about five or six hundred fans there last night so definitely one of those situations how do you manufacture energy when that is the atmosphere
4: you know to be honest I feel like that's something where you you build those habits and practice Um, you have to you have to manufacture your own energy you have to. You know, create that energy right from the tip, and um, I feel like you do that on the defensive end. And I, I thought we did a great job last night. as you know, right from the beginning, being locked in and ready to go.
1: Big game with San Francisco, fifteen and three squad, nine and one at home. Uh, what'll be some of the keys to victory against one of the best names in the country, Frankie Ferrari and the Don's Saturday night. <laughs>
4: Well, you know, I think we're just going to have to be locked in for 40 minutes. Uh, We're going to have to have everyone contribute. Everyone's going to have to be ready to go. Um, But our mentality is going to have to be great right from the start.
0: Uh, Last night, a report surfaced on ESPN, TJ, that you had scored 332 points. Did you see that?
4: Yeah, I had a few people
1: texting that. <laughs> it felt like 332,
4: didn't it? <laughs> hey, yeah, we,
0: uh, we're, we're hoping for uh, something like that and a lot more smirks in San Francisco. We appreciate the time, man, and uh, would like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for tomorrow and, and wish you the best of luck.
4: Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate
1: it.
0: You got a TJ Haas on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret first, your values, your time on your financial future.
1: Two days ago, we asked the question, without Joshir Hardnett, who makes up those points? I, I didn't look to somebody else. I looked to the main two, and T.J. Haas answered the call. He doubled his score. He averaged thir- 17, scored 34, man. That was his best game at BYU. That's what's crazy. Eight assists, seven rebounds as well? Wow. In the past week,
0: he goes from scoring six points to 34, just based on what the defense is doing and what he needs to do as the primary ball
1: handler. And those refs call a lot of fouls. And Pepperdine was aggressive, so he took advantage. By the way, uh, we did ask Greg Rebell if, you know, anyone had scored more than, than TJ's, you know, th- what was it, 332? And uh, Greg just said, pretty sure Jimmer had 340 in a game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right. uh, that was not a single-game record <laughs> according to Greg Rebell, which is great. Hey, coming up, Sione Takitaki continues to help his draft stock at the East-West Shrine game this week.
0: Is he going to get drafted? Founder of Blue Chip Scouting, Dalton Miller, is there and joins us next to discuss what Taki Taki's draft prospects are like. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: BYU men's hoops heads to the hilltop to play Frankie Ferrari and the upstart 15-3 San Francisco Dons tomorrow. Pre-game coverage 10 Eastern, that is p.m. on BYU Radio tomorrow night.
0: Welcome back with our question of the day, which is, which BYU hoopster was the most impressive last night, men or women? At Laser Sheep Answers on Twitter. T.J. Haas went full ginger mamba on the waves last night. T.J. was getting what he wanted. Pepperdine is very athletic and feisty, but Haas had answer. The answer, rather, after a slower start from Yoli Childs. Hashtag Ginger Mamba.
1: And and lost in the shuffle, you know, TJ was amazing. And his best game as Gugger was the play of the bench. I thought Ryland Bergerson had a big block and then a layup in transition. Zach Sellius. Gavin, Zach, Nick Emery played good defense. We're still waiting for his offense to kind of wake up and erupt there. But... It was a really good team win and a place that's been tough to win for BYU.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Dalton Miller, founder of BlueChipScouting.com, contributor for the Cowboys Wire and co-host of Talkin' the Star podcast. He's been watching the East-West Shrine game, specifically BYU linebacker Sione Takitaki closely. Dalton, what's the first thing you noticed about Takitaki's football skill set?
2: Thanks for having me on, Spencer and Jeremy. The the first thing I really noticed about him is the, the versatility that he brings. At you know six foot one, two hundred and forty pounds, he has the size to play inside and on the outside. You know, as a three four outside linebacker type, uh, and he has that 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 weight to where he'll be able to hold up as even a rusher.
1: Last year, Fred Warner was an outside linebacker at BYU his whole career, and then in the Senior Bowl was moved to middle linebacker, and then. Uh, was one of the best rookies uh, in the NFL last year. Do you, you mentioned Sione could play inside or outside. Where do you see him fitting the best in the NFL?
2: I think his best fit would probably be as a 3-4 outside linebacker. What I, what I saw, and I, I just rewatched watched uh, the Wisconsin game, and I saw that he had some good bend around the arc uh, to where he can beat offensive tackles. And I think that's his best fit because – There are some questions with the physicality that he brings from the inside as a Mike. You can play him at the will, but I think going up against offensive tackles instead of interior linemen and having a little bit more space to work with is really going to help him out at the next level.
0: Dalton Miller, founder of Blue Chip Scouting on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about Sione Takitaki. What's his draft grade right now?
2: So I think that as as long as everything checks out, I have him going, you know, mid to late day three. So, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round range. Now there are some questions about his uh, off the field issues in 2015 when he was uh, dismissed from the team, but that stuff is in the past uh, for all I know. And that's something that NFL teams are going to get with him, you know, during the combine and really dig into, to make sure that everything checks out there. He definitely has a skill set, and like I said, his versatility helps to where even if he's somebody who does fall through the cracks, his uh, athletic ability will help him get a roster spot on a 53 man as a special teamer at the very least.
1: Sione Takitaki, uh, yeah, changed positions midway through and uh, was off the team and had kind of this really good comeback story, uh, a good, good think for BYU this year and and played a lot of middle linebacker. what has he done this week that has made him stand out a little bit?
2: Well, I think he was with uh, the the team the west team had a uh, or I'm sorry the east team had uh hold on here real quick yes the east team had uh, the better linebacker group a little bit bigger, the, the West team was a little bit smaller, and he was with guys like Khalil Hodge from Buffalo, who is really highly touted, and Trey Watson from Maryland, who was kind of the same way, and he held his own with them. What I liked most about him, and linebackers tough at these all-star events because they're not tackling. So all of that you get off of his tape, and that's something that I liked in his tape. He is able to tackle well, but I really liked the fluidity that he moved with in zone coverage, and that's huge. That's where the NFL is going now. And at 240 pounds to be as fluid and be able to sink his hips as well as he could and move around and read the quarterback's eyes, that's really going to help him when it comes to his stock.
0: Dalton, thanks for the time. We appreciate uh, you giving us uh, some insight into how Sione is performing at the East-West Shrine buildup. And, uh, you know, we know you'll be tweeting about him coming up. We'll look for those.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: You got it. Dalton Miller on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Who's going to fill the void for Sione Takitaki against Utah?
2: Countdown to the youths.
0: 223. We said 225 yesterday, even though it was 224.
1: (laughs) At least for one day.
0: Blame it on Shep, dude. He's the countdown king, right?
1: No, I'm with him now. I'm (laughs) all all in. I'm all in.
0: Are you in with him on his blue blue bedazzled goggles as well? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, Jerem, however, is in on the and-one competition as he continues to make his move back up. So let's go, and-one.
4: Picks, predictions, and-one on BYU Sports Media. Two picks. The first
0: is worth two points. If you get that one right, you can pick up the extra point with a second correct pick. Going into last night, I had a one-point lead over Jerem, eight to seven. Okay. Um, We're not even going to recap Jason's irrelevant picks um, because he got both of them wrong. So, Jerem, let's just go right to
1: yours. Yeah, my two-pointer, BYU will win. You already did that. First win in regulation at Pepperdine since 2013. Nice job. And what? And my N one. A bench player will score 10+. plus. Zach Selye had nine quickly. And then I was like, is someone going to score? Gavin Baxter at 13. Thrash! Thank you. Who
0: saw that coming? Gavin Baxter as the bench scorer with 10+. I don't 10 know plus. that anyone
1: outside of maybe his parents did. And, and it was great to see. I, I hope that Gavin starts to play closer to this the rest of the season.
0: My two-pointer. BYU, who has struggled in the first half, I said would lead at the end of the half. Swish! Played well. 44-35 at the break. And one.
1: And one.
0: Yoli Childs will have 12-plus rebounds. Mm. Nope! Yoli only had five rebounds. It was Zach celius that surprised in that category with 10 rebounds for BYU. So I take two points. Jerem takes all three. And the current standings now have us deadlocked at 10 apiece. Okay, Jerem.
1: Yes it is. A game of runs. Yes it is. It's hey. Studio B, everybody makes a run. <laughs> San Francisco well not just. San Francisco. A two-pointer. Okay? BYU will commit twelve or fewer turnovers. They will average eleven point six. 16 last night on the road. So I'll go 12 or 4. Well, 12 or less against a good defensive team. Yes. And my, Give me some of that. And one. And one pick. BYU will score 74 plus. USF has played 16 unranked teams this season. None have scored 74 against San Francisco. BYU does that tomorrow.
0: Okay. They like a slow pace for sure. So that one is ambitious. My
1: two-pointer. BYU will shoot a better
0: three-point percentage than San Francisco. The Dons are holding Fos to 28.7% from the three-point line on the season, and they're in their home gym tomorrow. So yeah, that's a little spicy. Next. And one. TJ Haas will outscore Frankie Ferrari by five plus points. Haas averages roughly 4.7 points more per game than Frankie Ferrari. Roughly,
1: that sounds precisely. I think. I'm thinking
0: that I'm trying to remember it's 4.6. Roughly.
1: Four point seven six. Is it 4.6 or
0: 4.7? I can't remember. The thing is, it's not 5. I think T.J. Haas will outscore Ferrari (laughs) by 5+. plus.
1: Coming up, another member of the BYU football coaching staff leaves for another job in a championship weekend for Cougs in the NFL. Plus
0: Kyle Collinsworth, Mr. Triple-Double, knocking on the door of a triple-double for the 905 in the G League. Details on the whip next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Where are the Utah 801s? ...along with eight assists and seven rebounds. Gavin Baxter, barked twice if you're in Milwaukee, scored 13 points off the bench. Tomorrow the Cougars play a quad one game at San Francisco. BYU Radio pregame coverage with your boy Jason Shepard at 10 Eastern time. Women's basketball.
0: Upset 13th ranked Gonzaga, 70-68 at the Marriott Center last night. Freshman Shaylee Gonzalez led the Cougars in scoring with 17 points right on her season average. BYU's won nine straight overall. They're the only unbeaten team in WCC play at 7-0. Trying to get to 8-0 in conference when they host Portland tomorrow live on BYU TV at 4 p.m. Eastern.
1: Football. It's the only Taki Taki will play in the 94th East-West Shrine game on Saturday at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida at 3 Eastern on NFL Network.
0: JD Falslove has taken the job as the receiver's coach at Dixie State under their new head coach, Paul Peterson. They recently made the jump, did Dixie State to FCS Division I Independence. Fossilow, meanwhile, had been a graduate assistant since graduating in 2013.
1: Cougars in the NFL. Did he get a doctorate here? Maybe. Since 2013, that's I good. I don't know. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots will play against Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game Sunday at 640 Eastern.
0: Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints host the LA Rams in the Superdome in the NFC Championship. This Sunday, that game will kick at 305 Eastern.
1: Gymnastics. Sixth ranked BYU competes against Utah State tonight in Logan. Both teams broke school records for the highest season opening scores in last week's meets. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Kyle Collinsworth
0: at BigRussia5 because that's his Twitter handle. Scored 20 points, pulled down nine rebounds, dished out nine assists. Nearly a triple double in a Raptors 905 two point win in the G League over the Greensboro Swarm. Who? Track
1: and field. Cougars compete in the Air Force Team Challenge against the host and Colorado State and Grand Canyon beginning today. The men's team ranked 10th. Everyone's top 25. It's fantastic. Tennis.
0: Women's tennis at BYU travels to Ogden to open up their regular season against Weber State. No, Jerem, not Utah State. It's Weber State in Ogden.
1: Well, Boney Fuller tells me otherwise.
0: All right. Well, we'll have to take that up with Boney. (laughs) Today's Rise and Shout. I'm going to give it to BYU women's basketball for uh, pulling off what we think is the largest win in a number of years at the Marriott Center. You went all the way back to 2011. I went back to 2014. Huge the importance was high. Win, for sure, against the 13th ranked team. Uh, our question of the day: Who was the most impressive individual BYU hoopster last night, and why? At Madeline. Kareen on Instagram says, "Men's basketball just having a bad year in general. So good win last night, but the women's basketball team was the most
1: impressive. Hold on, bad year? Hey, they're like, they're twelve sorry, and eight. Did, did they have a losing? They're twelve record? and eight. They're like, four and one in conference." What? They're rolling right now. We have different uh, definitions of bad year.
0: Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. At Shay Lawrence C. on Twitter, clearly it's T.J. Haas with his 332 points last night, according to ESPN's app. Fantastic. A close second in the entire women's basketball team for knocking off number 13, Gonzaga. That pick of Paisley Johnson says it all.
1: Reaction tells the story. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
0: For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Nancy Celius. Yeah. Older sister of Zach. Go kooks <laughs> and beat San Francisco. Do it.